In the month of September, the Seattle Mariners have played baseball. They haven't done well. At the moment, they're one and four. What does that mean for the rest of this season? And are they going to fall out of the playoff race entirely? So much to talk about here on episode 24 of the Hit Here podcast. First and foremost, Joe, how's it going, man? I'm good. It's nice to be back in my my normal my normal space. As a you know, I was getting a little bit of separation anxiety from from this, but yeah, that's about as good as it's gonna be. The Mariners are you know they're like like you said they're playing baseball. And that's really all there is to say about it right now. Yeah, we are recording this right after the Mariners got walked off by the Cincinnati Reds, basically just Ellie De La Cruz specifically. We have seen the Mariners not play anywhere near what they did in the month of August. They've already lost four games in September. I think they lost, what, six in all of August? Yeah, 21 and six. And they've lost four already here in September, and it is currently September 5th, so... I don't know. Obviously, big baseball coming up. We knew that the month of August was going to be the easy part of the schedule. And we talked about before the Mariners need to take advantage of this. And you know what? They did exactly that because the month of September was going to be a gauntlet going into the month. The Mariners had the 11th hardest strength of schedule for the rest of the season. Obviously, those last 10 games being between the Rangers, the Astros and the Rangers again, the Mariners have their work cut out for them. But there is some silver linings here that we'll talk about a little bit later on in this podcast. But first, Joe, what's gone wrong so far? Oh, I I got to pinpoint the, the miscalculations of the Mariners baseball team right now. I think there's one pretty obvious. What, the, the, the bullpen hasn't been able to just hold the, it down? Just the pitching just the in general? Pitching in general. It's been yeah. terrible. It's been, yeah, it's very, it's been very lackluster. And I don't know if they're running out of gas because they've been very, very good all year. And whether or not that's taxing on them in a certain degree, we knew the slowdown of Brian Wu was coming. We knew maybe Bryce Miller wouldn't consistently pitch six innings of shutout ball with 10 strikeouts. You know, his fastball has definitely lost a bit of its strikeout prowess and it's now more of a pitch to contact. I think he only struck out two batters today. He was getting hit pretty consistently. We, I think, got pretty lucky in this game to not be out of it earlier with singles being then turned into caught stealings. Thank you to Cal Raleigh. It's nice to see the ball not get sailed in the center field. And it, it just goes, you know, he's not, he's defeating the allegations of being a bad defensive catcher. For anyone that wants to say that, he can do it. It's just he's got to hit the target. And yeah, I don't know. The pitching, it just hasn't, hasn't lived up to the expectations. Now, there have been other aspects of this team that are certainly falling off of where they were in August, you know, 21 and six is not very easily repeatable. And we knew that heading into September, regardless of the schedule, we could have played the same 27 games. The chances of us going 21 and six again, very unlikely. But Gino, he got a day off in yesterday's game. His first all year, except for, you know, he came in and played a little bit in the eighth inning, I think is when he came in. And he's been on a bit of a cooler, not really driving the ball, not really making good swing decisions, I feel like. We all know the gripes with Ty France right now. So I don't know. Other than it's still just the pitching mainly for you. That's where you're like nail in the coffin for you. It's just it hasn't been good enough. Yeah, I mean, this team is built on pitching like that is first and foremost, exactly what the Mariners meant to do. And to their credit, it's worked like it, it has worked. And you're bound to go through points like this where all of a sudden the bullpen falters. And it's not just one guy in the bullpen. It's everybody in the bullpen. I mean, we saw Andres Munoz win reliever of the month for August, but we all know how he looked in the ninth inning in a lot of those games. And, you know, now the Mariners added Dominic Leone. He's been bad. He's been straight up yeah. bad not, for the Mariners. Not worth it, I would say, for the arms that we have still, I guess, floating around in 
the minor league systems. I don't dislike the idea of the move where you're trying to bring in a guy that can give you quality innings should he be on his game and letting Sweet go, essentially. You know, you're hoping he clears waivers, but obviously he didn't. He got picked up by the A's, which that's tough for him unless, you know, he's just going to hold out and head over to Vegas. But I would be hard-pressed to not believe that Ryder Ryan, Riley O'Brien, Prelander Baroa, can't think of another name. But those would be the three names that I would say I would probably still trust a little bit more than Dominic Leone, especially after giving up the two solo home runs in yesterday's game. So I don't know. I, I, I think there's guys that you can depend on each night. It's just one more of them in the last couple of games has taken a step back. Yesterday's game, it happened to be Topa, and he's been phenomenal. He, like, looking back into previous years, he's definitely the Casey Sadler or the Eric Swanson type guy this year where it's not really someone you expected who kind of comes out of nowhere and dominates. And coming into yesterday's game, he had done that. And it just wasn't his best outing. And, of course, pinch hit three on home run gonna twist the knife a little bit yeah and i mean before it was gabe spire i mean he's had mm -hmm. he was so good at the beginning of the year and he had some rough outings obviously the beginning of the year we saw matt brash struggle a lot i mean this is the thing with bullpens they're just so damn fickle but going to the starting rotation do you think that brian Wu's at the end of his rope do you think the Mariners need to just shut him down i was really surprised to see the hit by pitches that's just something that i feel like we had not really seen and i saw a graphic i can't remember who tweeted it but it was, it was showing his average fastball velocity and how it over at each start throughout the year it's a line graph and i think in this most recent start against the reds it was 92 and the beginning of the year was like 96 if you're if your average has dropped four miles an hour yeah like i don't say shut them down because we can't really afford it right now truthfully unless mm -hmm. of course the outings are going to go the the poor way compared to the good brian who starts then maybe then you consider shutting him down but what other options do you have? What, who are you going to then rely on to be another guy in that rotation to supplant his position? Because we tried it once with Weaver, and it was, of course it was covering for George Kirby, and that didn't go overly well. I, could, I think there's still some value for Luke Weaver here, of course. Do you test out Adam Aller? Do you test out Darren McCacken? Looking at you, Dadara. I know you want to. Tommy Malone, like, I don't know. I don't think there's a very good answer, and I don't know which one is the right answer. Because shutting him down could help him later on in his career, but the way that the playoff race is shaping up, I think we need as much firepower as we can get. Yeah, and I don't necessarily think you need to shut him down, like, completely, mm -hmm. but you can skip his starts. You know, we have some uh, some off days coming up mm -hmm. where you could theoretically slot a different guy in there and skip Brian. I don't know how it all lines up or whether or not he will be, you know, falling on that day if the marriage were to play that day. But mm -hmm. nonetheless, that's a start where, oh, hey, you know, we were going to have Logan Gilbert pitch this day. We'll have him pitch this day instead or what have you. There there are options there, of course. Um, I don't know. I mean, again, the offense has been decent, not not terrible. I mean, they put up, what, six in the uh, game versus the second game versus the Reds. Obviously, that was Julio Rodriguez and Teoscar Hernandez. Only offense there was. There are guys here and there. Like, we've seen Dominic Canzone more than perform what, what I expected out of him. Honestly, Josh Rojas has been way better than I expected him to be. Yeah. Um, but like you said, Gino's been slow. Uh, Ty France has been slow and <laughs> both on the base paths. And uh, Speaking of slow. And, and then, uh, I don't know. I think Jared Kelnick can't get back soon enough, in my opinion. Because right now, left field is kind of a hole for you. Unless you're throwing Dominic Canzone out there, which he's been fine. Mm -hmm. But he's been, I don't know. He's made some pretty spectacular plays that were looking a little suspect at the beginning of them. Yeah. It gets the job done, though. You know, you get the job done. And yeah, I think JK will be a welcome back to this lineup 
maybe provide a spark plug that we all know he is very capable of providing that's not going to be what it's not going to be the full answer though you can't just rely on one guy to come back and fix everything like you can't rely on julio and teo taking over the entire game every single time and they did put you in a well enough spot to probably win this game nine times out of ten scoring six on a pretty young reds team yeah they they've got some talent for sure you know they've got speed kills i think they lead the majors in steals and steal attempts just causing mayhem but it was definitely a game that we should have won on tuesday and mm. i don't know it's it's tough it's tough because julio and Taylor they're still continuing their hot stretch from august you know we talked about this, I think, last week, where we can't expect them to continue to carry the offense. And not to say that, you know, JP hasn't been instrumental to the offense's success. And Cal drawing long at-bats and clutch walks, allowing the offense to continue, allowing the lineup to continue to bat. But Julio and Teo have definitely been the guys that are ringing the bell. And should they continue, it's great. It's just you do need more from the guys around them. And let's talk a little bit about the competition really quick, because the Mariners have been up against... The Reds are a very good baseball team. Yeah. They are very good. And they're a good young baseball team. It's their pitching that's the problem. And the Mariners have, for what it's worth, done well against their pitching for the most part. They've they've done what they needed to. It's mainly been Julio against the Reds. But yeah. It's the it's the Reds offense. They're they're feisty. They make a lot of contact. They they can steal a bag. Ellie De La Cruz is incredible. I mean, he won that game for them. He obviously, his speed's what got him to first base, beating out the throw from JP, yeah. steals second base, and then scores on a double or on a single from Encarnacion Strand. I mean, that's all Ellie De La Cruz. Noelvi Marte uh, was a triple away from the cycle, hit his first major league home run against the team that traded him. Like, yeah. they have a very good young team. It's their pitching that's the problem. Whereas for the Mariners, they had a very good young team, but it was their pitching that was actually there for, you know, that's what, that's what had come through. And they were waiting for their offense to come through. Now, when you played the Mets, for example, the Mets are still a pretty damn good offensive team. It's, again, they're pitching not great right now after trading Verlander and after trading Scherzer. Yeah. I mean, you do so, run into a buzzsaw that is coming in the first yeah. game. An absolute stellar start from him. I think, I don't know if it's lack of experience against certain guys or maybe in certain situations. Like, against Kodai Senga, we've never faced him, and dude's good. Plain and simple, dude is good. Only scored one run. It was... A JP home run, right? No. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Just couldn't couldn't get it done. And you know, you win game two against the Mets. It was just a bunch of stuff back and forth. A big dogfight game, eight to seven. And then you lose the final game, and the pitching let you down in that series. And you're we're talking about trying to take advantage of other teams' weaknesses. Game one against the Reds, it's a bullpen game. I would argue that a bullpen game is harder to get into rhythm than yeah. facing. A guy like, well, what's his name? Connor Phillips. Connor Phillips. I almost said Connor Evans. A guy like Connor Phillips making his MLB debut. Former Mariner. Former Mariner, by the way. Yeah, I just, I don't know. I don't, I don't know if that's me just trying to make up excuses and it very well could be, you know, drawn at straws. I would rather have faced another guy like him in game one than a bullpen game. Yeah, and that's the whole idea with like where, why teams are going with openers. You know what I mean? Like you're getting different looks in your first two at bats and at that point hopefully the game is in hand like yeah you can't you know, really settle into like a sequence or anything like that right and i mean no matter how much you want to deny it or how much stats say it's not necessarily true baseball players are creatures of habit and if you're able to see a guy the first time there's a there's a reason why you know the second and third time through a through an order pitchers eras get higher there's yeah. a reason for it mm -hmm. so talking about creatures of habit really quick mm. the, 
thinking of just guys getting into the zone and what they expect out of an at-bat or a plate appearance, Julio in the last out of the game, in game one, the pitch that was called a strike, or the pitch, sorry, I guess, yeah, it was called a strike to strike him out, you know, caught looking. But that very same pitch was called a ball two or three pitches earlier. That very same pitch was actually a little bit higher and more towards the middle of the plate that was called a ball. Yeah, so it's like, I I don't know, sure, you know, dude in the clutch needs to get the bat off his shoulders sure inconsistencies like that talking about creatures of habit mm-hmm. that's just t- that's tough to deal with as a, a big of situation like that but continue and with what you're gonna say aaron goldsmith talked about the reds specifically during this game uh the second game of the series and said the reds are now as of recording this 13 and 1 against the al west mm. and the only team that they lost to was the Oakland Athletics, and they were walked off by the Athletics. That's crazy. Otherwise, they would be 14-0 versus ALS. Again, and like Aaron Goldsmith said, there are some things that you just you can't analyze. There's no way to understand why. It just happens. And the Reds being really good against the ALS for some godforsaken reason, it's just, it's it's a thing. It's like Cal it's Raleigh thing. being really good against the AL East. You know, it's just Nothing. stuff yeah. that just happens. Yeah. And so here we are playing the Cincinnati Reds. Had a decent chance to win the second game. Hopefully you just don't get swept in the third game with Logan Gilbert on the mound. I mean, that's plain and simple. I think, what is it, 340 game today? Yes, same time as yesterday. Yeah, so 340 game today and then it's on to Tampa Bay. I don't know. Don't get swept and you're fine. Yeah. Don't get swept and you're fine. I mean, the the fact of the matter is the Rangers and the Astros are playing each other. One of those teams is going to lose. As of today, it looks like it was the Rangers. And <laughs> what do you mean, looks the, like? <laughs> the Astros took the first two games versus the Rangers. The Rangers suck. They're a bad baseball team now. Yeah, not looking good. If, if only someone would have been able to predict that like three months ago. That's <laughs> crazy that they wouldn't continue that, that streak of winning. The good news is, is one of those teams has to lose, of course. And therefore, the Mariners technically will at least keep ground with one of them. And that, of course, was the Rangers in the second game. Yeah. So... The Rangers are now, are they tied with the Blue Jays? If they lose, so they've already lost. They are tied with the Blue Jays. The Blue Jays are currently scoreless in the fifth against the Athletics. But it's the mm-hmm. Athletics, so, you know, odds are that the Blue Jays would win, so they would take over third wildcard spot. I think it'd be the first day since April 8th where Texas is not in the playoff picture. Held, so, that, held that position for damn near five months and just couldn't keep the foot on the gas pedal. Mm-hmm. Like, look, look, obviously you want to be winning these games. And if you're frustrated right now, I completely understand that. Yeah. I don't blame you one bit. I'd be, I'm frustrated too. But I'm also, I look at these games right now and I'm like, it's the last 10 games of the season. That's all there. That's all it is. You're just playing until those last 10 games. Yeah. Keep your head afloat and you have a chance. It's plain and simple. What's the, so, what's the worst that they could be where you think they still have a chance going to those final 10 games? Seven against Texas, three against Houston. Just play 500 ball until then. That's all I want. Okay. Obviously, obviously, I want you to win out. Staying, staying 16 games above Duh. 500. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, yeah. Like, if you're 16 games above 500 coming into those last 10 games of the season, I think you're in a pretty damn good spot. Yeah. And you're, you're, you control your own destiny at that point. Because if you can beat up on Texas or the three games against Houston, boom, you're, you're, you're there. And the nice part is, as right now, Texas holds the tiebreaker versus the Mariners. That could change. But the Mariners already hold the tiebreaker with the Astros. So if for some reason there ends up being a tie in the standings, which is a, entirely possible, the yeah. Mariners take that and could win the division that way. So yeah, those final seven games, the Mariners are one in five against Texas so far this year. So we will need to win, I think, six out of seven to take a season series at seven and six. 
it's not completely out of the realm of possibility, but, you know, six out of seven is a little tough, especially mm-hmm. coming down the final stretch where you're gassed. You just have to hope you're, you're, you're on the right track again. You know, the foot's back on the gas pedal. We're back playing the good baseball that we saw in July and August. But I, I agree. I don't necessarily disagree with what you're saying about staying afloat. You know, keep your head above water until those final 10 games because it really is going to be a dogfight till the very end. And it's going to be exciting. It's just these series against teams, I would say the Mets, you'd rather, like, I think the Mets is a series you look back and like, oh, we should have taken one more there. The Reds, yep. they're a tougher team than the Mets by far, I would say. Aside from the fact that they don't really have any starting pitching right now because COVID is currently running through their their clubhouse. But the young up-and-coming team, I think when they were on their 12 or 13 game win streak earlier in the year and we were down in the mud because we, that was when the Mariners were still playing 500 ball. I tweet, I'm pretty sure I tweeted something like, the Reds are the team that we want to be this year. And now, you know, looking back, we're better than them record and standing-wise easily because of, you know, July and August. And of course, that team's going to slow down same way as the Mariners will slow down this year for a little bit. There's no reason that they can't pick back up in Tampa Bay or maybe just against the Angels. If we split in Tampa Bay, I'll be happy. Come home mm-hmm. against the Angels, sweep them again. We did it. Yeah. We did it in Anaheim. I know we're looking pretty far ahead at this point, but if you even split in Tampa Bay, sweeping the Angels at home, I think all is fine for those last like 13 games. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, obviously you'll have Castillo, Kirby, and Gilbert in those first three games against the Tampa Bay Rays. I mean, what more could you ask for? In terms of starting pitching, right? In that situation. Does Gilbert pitch against Tampa Bay? Does oh, he pitch his final nope. game against Cincinnati? So it'll yeah, be... that's right. He's he's technically the one right now. That's right. Yeah, so it'll go Castillo, Kirby, Wu, Miller against yeah. Tampa Bay. And you don't have an off day until this coming, this the following Thursday from this right. week. So, so you want to split the, you yeah. I mean, first two games of, this, of that series, best chance to split in my opinion. Yeah. And I mean, oh. I think when we played the Rays at home, when we got dominated by them the first game against Bryce Miller all the way back in June, the beginning of July, that was the big turning point. Obviously, you know, we got smoked on City Connect night at home, just looking, looking poopy. And then you come back and you take the next two games. So the Mariners have definitely shown fight against a very good Tampa Bay Rays team. Who's to say they can't do that again today against Cincinnati and going into Tampa Bay with some momentum. This game... The game yesterday felt like there was a lot of momentum to be had. You know, mm-hmm. big at-bats from Julio, big at-bats from Teo, stuff like that. It's just the pitching let you down. If the pitching came back on the right track, and I think Gilbert, to be a stopper for some sort of, like, you know, bad juju for the pitchers, I think Gilbert's the guy to do it right now. Obviously, mm-hmm. he pitched the best against the Mets. Castillo and Kirby didn't really have it, so I would trust Gilbert to go out today. And, you know, looking back, you know, in a couple hours after you guys are hearing this, who knows what happened. And Gilbert against National League opponents, he's been pretty dominant all year long. I think he showed on the broadcast tonight a graphic of his stats. And he's 6-1 and one across 10 starts. And he's sporting a 2-6 ERA in those starts. 65 and two-thirds innings pitch with 73 strikeouts and only 7 walks. Gilbert, there's a dude to come out and shut down a National League team, a.k.a. the Reds. Gilbert's going to be the guy to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean, you're facing Lion Richardson. Who? You're lying he has a six, to me. Six, lion. Ha! He has a six seven five ERA in three total games. I mean, like you said earlier, like the Mariners' offense needs to take advantage of the, these games, and there's only one left to take advantage of. And mm-hmm. the the Rays are going to put up a much better fight, in my opinion, than the Reds did. So the the Rays are a much better team than the Reds or the Mets. So yeah. I don't know. 
I, I'm not saying it's time to panic. I'm not saying that yet. Hmm. But, you know. The sky's we, falling. Everything's everything's done. Season's over. We're going to lose. That's how Mariners fans react to everything. You yeah. Know? A three-game losing streak. Oh, God. Three-game losing streak. Whereas when they went on a three-game losing streak with two against Baltimore, what have you, right before right before August, the world was over. Yeah. The, the, the season was over, and the Mariners went, won 21 games and were in first place. So, I don't know. Obviously, there's less time now to do something like that, but... Also, the games have a much bigger impact now. So, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I am not overly concerned. Obviously, I would have rather seen them, you know, go out and sweep the Mets and take two or three from the Reds. Logan has been probably your third best starter this year behind Luis Castillo and George Kirby, who have both seen their own struggles recently. We saw George Kirby coming out into New York. Obviously, he had gotten scratched in one of those games against the Athletics, and he got to pitch in front of his hometown crowd in New York and pitched like doo doo, he only went like three innings, maybe four. Yeah, I don't even remember. It was three, and he was getting worked to bits mm-hmm. in that yeah, game. Hit around. I mean, the thing that's the thing with George Kirby is you know he's going to be in the strike zone, so just swing, just swing the bat, and he's either going to work, uh, he's going to throw a Maddox, or you're going to hit him around. Those are those are like the two true outcomes of George Kirby, in my opinion. So, is there a way that you can see him working on? I guess just his whiff percentage. Like what what would you try and add as an his to his arsenal or to the way he pitches to increase the whiff percentage because Mariners, not, not just Kirby, Mariners pitchers in general have had a pretty hard time, I feel like, the last week-ish maybe punching guys out. So I, mm-hmm. like for Kirby specifically, is it just his him sticking around the plate too much? Yeah, I mean, and you kind of know what offerings he's going to throw you. It's that fastball, then he has that slider and that splitter. I mean, those three pitches are going to be his bread and butter. I wouldn't mind seeing him working a change up a little bit just to give him a different look, a little bit more anyway. In terms of the Mariners rotation as a whole, not getting a whole lot of whiffs. I think it's just because they're so dominant in the strike zone specifically. Obviously, we know that they're a team that attacks the strike zone, getting strike one. And now that teams know that, they're starting to attack earlier on these pitchers and foul off pitches. So I don't know if it's just incorporating a little bit more outside the strike zone, which in, in, in defense of that, we did see that with, I think it was Matt Brash in the second game against Cincinnati, where Cal was literally setting up in the other batter's box. Like, yeah. I don't want this anywhere near the strike zone. Yeah. And more chase pitches, which is, I mean, good in my opinion. Although then we saw, we've been seeing a bunch of hit by pitches and a lot of free passes. So there's a fine line in between the two. The Mariners were up here. Right now they're down here. They need to kind of meet in the middle sure. in terms of staying around the strike zone so i'm not sure exactly what it is for especially someone like luis castillo who as you were about to talk about gave up a lot of home runs yeah it's just it's been his problem i want to say all year in terms of what we expected out of castillo in 2023 his home runs per nine is 1.33 golden i want you to guess what his home runs per nine last year in 2022 was across the whole year not just with the mariners but across the whole year even in the great american small park huh yeah Mm -hmm. I'm going to go with 0.89. Pretty close, 0.78. So he's almost, I mean, it's not almost, but close to being double his home runs per nine uh, from the previous year. It has kind of bit him in the butt a little bit here and there. He was, I think, I can't remember what sports betting the gambler degenerates were looking at for odds for Castillo to win the Cy Young, but he was second behind Garrett Cole heading into his start against New York. And that definitely flew out the window after that start. Home runs per nine, just not a good look for Castillo. He's had a great year still with that number being so inflated. And it's comparable to Robbie Ray in 2022. 
if we take a look, I want I, Robbie Ray. I think we talked about it a lot at the end of the year, year last year. Gave up the most home runs. I think was it the American League. Well, Robbie Ray had a one point five two home runs per nine. So. 0.19 more than Castillo, and it's 1.33 versus 1.52, but home runs have been the problem. Or Castillo, and she's looking at Ray's season last year. Had a pretty solid year, it's just, you know, the home runs got to him. And Castillo in his defense, some of them, I feel like most of them have been solo home runs. I don't know if there's a way to quantify that, but the home run ball, I don't know if it's his pitch location, if he's not getting an up run on his fastball, if his sequencing is off, but it's just not, it's not the same stuff being thrown to home plate. I think this year as it was last year. Yeah, home runs don't necessarily mean the end of the world. It is just something that has been trending in the wrong direction. Obviously, you want that number to be low because the less home runs you're giving up, the likelihood of, you know, runs you are also allowing. Of course, the home runs could dip and his BAPIP could go skyrocketing and he's still giving up the same amount of earned runs. It is just something that you can almost pencil in, I feel like, for the last maybe not even the last couple months, the entire year for Castillo's. The Mariners get out to a lead, score some runs for him, and then boom, give it right back. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I don't disagree with that at all. And honestly, it's kind of felt that way with the entire Mariners pitching staff right now, which is not good, obviously, because we have seen the Mariners get out to early leads. Like that second game in Cincinnati, they had an early lead, and then we see you know, Dominic Leone come in and give up two solo shots and obviously the big three-run home run off Justin Topa, and here you are all of a sudden losing that baseball game. So, I don't know. I mean, it sucks. It really does. The pitching rotation is something the Mariners need to get figured out before we get into that final push of the season. Obviously, you know, you'll see the Rangers and the Houston Astros. And actually, believe it or not, the Mariners set up their rotation for those games specifically. And we talked about that in this video on the screen now. Go ahead and check that one out. Appreciate you guys watching this one. And go Mariners.